Hey guys, I am Caleb Giddings. I'm Keith Finch. And I'm Jack. And Jack He's is back. back. Yeah, Jack's back. And Jack's return is brought to you by these guys. Gunday Brunch would like to thank our title sponsor, Guns.com, for continuing to be awesome, as well as all of our other sponsors. Anyway, uh, Jack, <laughs> how many how many apartment fires have you had now? Uh, uh- um <laughs> theoretical fires are a few actual fires three <laughs> actual fires three now are we counting the hotel that you caught on fire uh that's happened to me three times that's what i'm referring to three times <laughs> i've been in a hotel that catches fire uh i don't like that um what happened like while i was on the phone uh with uh experian or some traveling agency that i booked the hotel through and it was a very crappy hotel and I was like, hey, I want a different hotel. They're like, okay, we'll find you something. Um, and as I was doing that, the fire alarm went off. And I just, like, grabbed both my bags. I had on a headset. And, like, the lady on the was like, what's that sound? I go, the fire alarm. I'm leaving. She goes, oh, God. Run. And, like, I, <laughs> I get it out into the hallway. And everybody's standing there like, what do we do? And I'm like, out of my way. I, like, kick open the door to go downstairs, head down the stairs, get in my car. And they're like. The whole time, the lady's like, I, I've got a Holiday Inn Express down the road that we will get the rates covered for you. I'm like, don't send people to buildings on fire. <laughs> now, and I thought this was an exaggerated thing when it came to Jack. I'm like, oh, that, that's a good story, but he didn't evacuate uh, that fast. Nobody evacuates that fast. And then I went through a fire Except drill with Jack at our office location. And the No one told the me it was going to be a on, drill. Everyone just like starts grabbing their stuff casually because, you know, fire drill. And it was even announced via email. And we were, we start looking around. All right, Jack, we're going to go down. Jack? Gone. Jack? Gone. <laughs> Guys, if you've ever been in a building that's actually on fire, you will never want to be in a building that's actually on fire again. It's a big no-no. That is, that is a very, very fair point. Uh, I'm actually trying to think. I don't think I've ever actually been. I've had so many false alarms with fire alarms just from traveling. Uh, the building that I used to live in in Miami had uh, uh, problems with the fire panel. And so like one time at like, I don't know, two in the morning, it goes, su attention, por favor, su attention, por favor. And like the flashing and the lights and everything. And I've got a you know, five month old kid. So it was, it was awesome. That was not, that was actually definitely one of the driving reasons in why we moved. And I remember thinking as I was like stumbling through the dark that I really wished I had turned the lights on so I could see where I was going, which because with that strobe effect and not having turned on the interior apartment lights, I couldn't really see shit, which dovetails nicely into part one of this episode uh, where we are talking about why it's important to positively identify your target. Uh, and I'll lead off with this. My real, my primary job is a firearms industry journalist, right? I don't just write gun reviews. I write about all kinds of stuff, which means I get Google alerts. And I get a frigging Google alert for every single news story that hits the news about some guy shooting his daughter or his daughter's boyfriend or a spouse or a child because they shot at a noise in the dark and they didn't turn the lights on or have a flashlight or any of the things that helps you PID your targets. And that's a freaking tragedy every time that happens and i'm so tired of reading those stories so that's like 
and and they happen. I you, there's usually about one a month, and that's an insane number to me. Like, who are these people that are shooting at noises in the dark in their house? Well, I think they're, they're I think I think we can talk about it. Is the fact that they're not. I don't want to say they're dumb because these can, you see highly educated people do this. You see mm -hmm. doctors, you see Olympians, you know, mm -hmm. people do this. Why do they do it? They do it because they're terrified and there is no forethought to what do I need to do next? They have the tool. I, I saw Correct. something the other day um, where a girl was talking about the fact that she's jammed a, knife and she has like some k-bar special I saw your tiktok about that yeah where she's just jammed it in between her mattress and box spring in case someone ever breaks in she'll have a weapon has she ever considered what a knife fight looks like no she ever considered the fact that it would probably be terrible and awful no but she mentally knows as do a lot of people i should set up some form of protection for where i sleep and that is the end of the thought. Once it's there, it's there. And mm -hmm. some of these people have some really stupid ideas. I saw one person say they have a bow and arrow next to their bed. And I'm just like, okay, Hawkeye, um, please move through your house with a bow and arrow. Don't even Wait. draw it. Just hold it in each hand. Walk around. What kind of... Who A bow and arrow? Yeah, they, these people exist. So they, I will say and it's, it's the magic talisman syndrome, right? It's I, I need a thing. I have the thing end of equation. Whereas we know, no, that's start of equation. You have acquired piece one. And now you have to have a realistic plan to finish the rest, including cleanup and legal coverage. Yeah. Well, the thing that drives me bananas too, whenever this subject comes up of like PID in a home invasion scenario, and that's really kind of the big one for that to me as civilian gun owners, PID in a home invasion scenario is a really, really big deal, right? Uh, you want to make sure that you're not shooting. I mean, there are actually times it some of the some of the stories I've read about where the shoot was legally justified, but it was like a drunk, high, unarmed person had broken yeah. into someone's house and, you know, had no intention of harming them or anything like that, but they got shot for their trouble. They, they were, they were just lost. Yeah. Literally, they were just lost. When I, I had that happen to me a really, really long time ago. I had some drunk guy banging on my apartment door asking if his girlfriend was in there. And I mean, I was sadly alone. Like, am I saying his girlfriend could have been in there? I don't know. I didn't know his girlfriend, but like theoretically that's possible, but uh, bang on my door, asking my girlfriend was in there and I'm on the other side of the door and I'm like, please don't kick my door down. Please don't kick my door down. Cause this is going to go one way if you do that. And it's not a good way. Um, but it turns out, you know, he thought that he was in a completely different apartment complex. Like he was like a block away from where he thought he was. So PID matters in those home defense situations a lot. And whenever it comes up, someone is always like, well, I don't want to give away my position with, uh, by turning the lights on or using a weapon mounted light. And Jack made an incredulous face, so I'll let him address why that's so dumb. That okay, is, okay, look. I hate this argument. I'm laying in bed. I awaken to some sound. This has happened. Um, I procure whatever instrument I design for self-defense. Um, your boar spear and a can of lube. Yeah, like 
The next step for me is to turn on the lights that I can and loudly ask, who's there? <laughs> Jack, I want you to fucking, if this ever happens, turn on lights and go, fee, fi, fo, fa. <laughs> and I smell the blood of an Englishman. I, I can't tell you the number of times I currently live with a roommate that I hear, it's me, Rory, because he's stumbling in late. And, right. Or he got up to get something. Or, you know, we have a kid, he has a kid that stumbles around here. Asking who's there cost you, but Jack, what if they are ninjas? Bro, if six dudes come here to bring it to me, and I go, who's there? And they're like, the Yamamoto clan, who you laid a deadly insult upon our senpai many years ago. I'm going to be like, oh, okay. Then this is a ninja fight to the death. They'll be like, yes. I'll be like, okay, cool. But that's never going to happen. <laughs> when the other problem too is like i was actually having this conversation mostly because with, i already handled those ninjas all right like, <laughs> yeah, that's settled i knew it i was having this conversation with a friend of mine and we were talking about like so you know, I, I keep my home defense gun in one of those rfid safes because i have a toddler right and right. like he wanders around the house i don't want him having access to that and i was talking about like the time it takes me to access that safe it's more than enough time you know, if I wake up to a noise, it is more than enough time for me to access that safe, you know, and be like, who's in my house with no issues, unless the people that are coming to my house are specifically coming there to kill me. In which case, like, there is a huge, everyone who's like, I don't want to give away my position, or I'm worried about this or that, seems to imagine that their house is getting, that they're getting home invaded by, you know, uh, Russian commandos who are there to kill you. You know, it doesn't, they're just going to throw grenades. If you're getting, and, and, yeah. and this if, is the thing, if really you are being understand. assassinated, they're going to get to you while you asleep. Yeah. If like you, you may, you may wake up, see the suppressed muzzle right here and go, ah, goodbye. Because <laughs> here's Caleb's top tip for avoiding home invasions. Number one, uh, if you would like to not have your house burglarized when you're not in it, lock your doors and windows. Uh, that's from a retired law enforcement officer. Number two, from the same law enforcement officer, if you would like to not have your house broken into and have you be murdered or targeted, don't be involved in the illegal drug trade. And number three, if you would like to not have your house broken into, uh, it probably won't be if you don't do any of those things. So, you know, you're not, again, the, your the stats go way down. So, your stats go, and I'm not saying home invasions don't happen. Okay, so let, let's, let's pull it back. Let's say there is a possibility, and there is. It's called a strange loved ones. Yeah, this for sure. kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I okay, cards on the table. This has happened to my family. Um, it worked out fine. I'm not going to get into the details, but here's what I am going to tell you: that person breaking in the moment you announce yourself is now on the defensive in your home. You know this whole place backwards and forwards. More light is your friend. Well, what if he sees me? Good. I can only tell you that everything you need is information. The most important thing in self-defense is information. It provides all of, all of our responses will be based off the inputs we receive. I have a 1500 lumen light on my home defense gun. You know what that's for? to illuminate areas I cannot walk into safely. And that's it. I aim it up towards the ceiling. 
touch it off and leave it on. Don't try and act the strobe. Turn it on. Look at the ceiling with the with the light. And that illuminates a whole living room. And I can comfortably look at it and go, hey, there's nothing in there. And if there is something in there, then I can address that. But if you have an estranged loved one that breaks into your house to cause you harm, it can happen. You're not in a ninja fight. You're in a fight with a crazy person. And let's fight that fight smart. Let them know I'm awake. I'm aware you're here. Mm-hmm. And, and now and I know where you're at. When, when we're talking estranged loved one, or we're, we're talking someone else who's off their meds or on a mind-altering substance, that's what most of the more random targeted break-ins are. It's someone who is not in their right state of mind has entered your home. And you have to address that a certain way. It still might be a threat and you have to address it, but it's not a funny noise. But all this begins with positively identifying your threat. How can we do that? The first one, light. Mm -hmm. Light is... I I, I can't understand how much light is your friend. And also, you know, the other thing that light does is, and this is a well-documented psychological side effect, criminals do not like to be exposed to direct bright lights. The ones that are okay with being exposed to direct bright lights are also the ones that are hardened criminals who are just there to murder you. And again, you know, probabilities, but like the sort of people that like to do smash and grab robberies uh, are, do not like to be lit up with very, very bright flashlights and have someone say, get the fuck out of my house. I like how we'll say fuck every other time, but when you say it in some defense way, you, you edited yourself. You, I know. Know what that, you know what that teaches me? There's a little bit of inside pull to you guys. You teach self-defense classes. Ah, uh, yes. Yes, I do. Yeah, I do, because sometimes you can't say the naughty word. Uh, you can't say the naughty word, but we want to show that we would say the naughty word. Would in this situation. <laughs> uh, Not, naughty words are important. Sa- uh, side note, I once played op for in a uh, friend of ours class where uh, the predominant body of the students were female and I have never rebooted someone's brain harder than when I yelled at this girl that I was going to kill her, her entire family and rape their corpses. And she just went just vapor lock. Cause nobody had ever said anything that vile to her before. And I was like, Oh, that one worked. Okay. Yeah, And if that's the verbal response you get back from who's in my house, guess what? Game on. Game okay. on. Like, All right. Die. Here we go. And the rules. I to the happy position and go. yeah, I, I I I cannot tell you how ecstatic I am to hear you tell me that and tell me where we are at. I got um, six rounds of flight control in this. The, the only one, the only better response all. from like our particular uh, uh, perspective would be like, "Who's in my house? Aha! It's the neo Nazis." It's like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Bro, all you're gonna hear is the 30 round P-bag drop and the D60 go in. Yep. Like, welcome to the party, pal. <laughs> right. If you hear a sound you like me topping off a Tito One's tube. Oh my lord. Um, so, but like, and, and yeah, okay. So PID. So you yeah. don't shoot a donkey in the desert. <clears throat> uh, I, I, I want to get to it. I you didn't know where we were going with this. Have, now you do. We have some tools. We have light. Ideally, a, a top light, a light that sits there, illuminates the whole place, and I don't have to swing it around. I I would, I would, the only thing I think, like, smart homes have that are cool 
or was it you can just say all the lights on, maximum brightness right now? That's cool to me because that's my everything. I want my home and I want it to be bright. Cool. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I think it's a stupid concept. Don't trust machines. Um, so I want light. And if I don't have light, because guess what? Not everybody lives in an apartment or a house. Some of us live in farms and homesteads. I have friends who are homesteaders. Part of their bump in the night kit is night vision and thermal. Is is homesteader like a nice way of saying like person who lives in the woods? Uh, no. I, I think it's important to use the term homesteader because it is someone who is removing themselves from the day-to-day um but that doesn't always come with like weird prepper connotations i have some very nice hippie from homesteaders no, that's fair it's and I, I do think it is a fair term because it's one of those kind of like catch-all terms like overlander that can mean a lot of different things to right. whomever you're saying it to like if i call you say that oh that guy's into overlanding what i'm saying is you like giving hand jobs behind a denny's so <laughs> well i think it's it, besides the the hand job thing homesteader is somebody running their own farm or their right, own little cool. property compared to a commercial farm which has even more issues with it and if you own property your your castle is that property and well jack are you saying there could be ninjas on your property there could be people on your property there can be animals on your property night vision and thermal is part of this equation at that point yeah absolutely when you have places that can give you information you have stories about ranchers in Texas dealing with migrant crossings yes. and being able to PID them using, you know, night vision or thermal cameras and then sending that information to BORTAC teams who then, you know, redact them in helicopters, which is lit to watch. <laughs> uh, but, but, and so when we talk about PID guys, we're not just talking about, there's no, there's not just one thing that's good for PID for homeowners, apartment dwellers, things like that. White light is great. If you have a, and for the record, even for those people, night vision is great too. However, you have to kind of, you know, if you own night vision as a toy grade or for whatever reason, awesome, own night vision. I think everybody should, but. I recently, I've spent a lot of time under nods. I recently was very, very graced with the ability to spend a large amount of time under a set of GP MVGs, quad tubes. Um that is the in-home response that is actually worth it uh if you have not spent a lot of time indoors with nods don't do this yeah do not grab your pvs 14 and slap it on and try and clear your house you will go sick and you'll fall and it's not fun i guarantee you will trip (laughs) and fall over something because if you've never and that's actually a really good point if you have never worked nods in a house worked nods in any sort of you know training or contested environment it is not the thing to throw on your gun you are better off if you want some sort of night capability on your gun putting a thermal or a night vision optic on your gun itself yes. and not relying on but then you have the problems with pointing the gun at stuff and using the gun as a telescope but it's a different episode your gun is not a telescope even if it has a telescope attached to it but to that point, night vision, thermals, things like that are useful tools, especially if you one know what the hell you're doing. But you might be in, you might be a rancher or a homesteader, or right. You know, if you have a property. pair of thirty ones and you slap those on, 
even 31s walking around the house are going to suck. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done indoor stuff with nods. I think there's an amount of experience that you need with that, that like you really need to chase. So if you, if you're one of those guys who bought, you know, some dual tubes or bought a PVS 14 and you're like, okay, well I'll throw on my helmet. No, not indoors white light. Um, the people who do indoor stuff with nods live that world. Yeah. That's um, like, they do it a lot. They do it a lot. They do it in training a lot. They uh, they do it to they do it to the level that a USPSA grandmaster practices reloads. Yeah, and they do this. They change their sleep cycles so they're awake at night. Because they're they're they're, they're yeah. crazy. Go, their, going, their job is the night, in. and that tool helps them. Do not think that tool transfers the skill set to you. And here's the thing. Nods and thermal are flawed. Even yeah. the best stuff in the world do not provide whole things. And that's how you shoot a donkey in the desert. Right. So if you haven't been following this story, uh, and I wasn't, I follow, I follow exactly one meme page on Instagram, and he posted about it. So I had to then go do the deep dive and figure out what was going on. So this guy, uh, I, he, shot a wild burrow in the middle of what the arizona desert some mm-hmm. desert yeah some desert yeah. and well, he like, since removed the post today. so i couldn't like go back and like see it because i caught on a couple of days late um but yes he poorly identified a burrow under nods or under thermal and shot it killed it and then was like whoopsie let me take a picture for instagram guys let's start here uh I am not a lawyer. I'm certainly not your lawyer. But if I can make a suggestion, if you commit a crime or even something you think might be a crime, don't take a picture of it. Post it to Instagram. Shooting animals that you're not okay to shoot is definitely a crime. That was 100%. So, yeah, Keith, give us a little bit of the backstory on this one. All right. So, Yahoo in chief here goes out and has his little story about how he hunts in the desert all the time and at night and they're shooting coyotes and he goes out with his buddy to give him a good time and shoot a coyote at night because shooting coyotes at night is cool okay uh, I will say having shot coyotes at night it is actually a lot of fun it is and coyotes being the pest that they are and are usually a completely un you know it's a completely unregulated game animal beyond like have the basic hunting license for the state or area you're at, and you can shoot as many coyotes as you want because they're yeah. a pest. Like that's that's the level of regulation for coyotes. Burrows, on the other hand, not so much. And so when you failed to PID the coyote you were shooting at and instead shot the burrow, you did the big whoopsie. It's a and the part about it that's baffling to me is uh, so let's say uh the part about it that's baffling to me is taking the picture, maybe not taking the picture. I'm, I might have taken a picture, but I certainly wouldn't have posted it on Instagram and expected people to be like, ha that's so funny. Because I'll tell you this, regardless of how you feel about horses and, and asses and uh, that you know type of animal, nobody hates wild burrows. Like I have heard people- They're have- like the nicest wild animal. <laughs> Like, I know lots of people who hate feral pigs. I know lots of people who hate coyotes. I've never heard of somebody be like, you know what sucks? 
fucking wild burrows. I hate those damn things. And like, cause, cause nobody no, no, does. No one, no one's complaining, man, the wild burrow got into my chicken coop and killed them all. And like, you could also, and I think what inflamed the internet, you know, as we pivot to dragging this guy from PID, which is, is still important, but I think what inflamed the internet was he posted the whole thing like it was a big fat joke, because there is a way that you could have made that content and made it into a learning lesson and been like, hey guys, this is why PID is important, you know, and for a number of reasons and actually talked about the conversation that we're having right now. But instead he's like, ha ha, it's so funny. I killed Eeyore. And people are like, that's not cool, man. Not okay. Not not something to be like, ha ha, whoopsie. Um, yeah, all in all, this was a poor take from this dude. Um, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't condone what he did, but I've been pretty close to doing to what he oh, did. Um, I almost shot somebody's dog. Uh, no joke. A couple of months ago, I was out on a hog hunt in Texas and coyotes are fair game and we've got thermals and I hear something and, you know, I'm like, hmm, I wonder what that is. So I take a peek at it and I'm like, that looks like a coyote and I come off safe and I'm like tracking across it and then it turns and barks at me and I go that's a dog and I mean that's a tough that's a tough PID situation because coyotes and dogs when you're looking at them through thermal depending on the dog breed look exactly the same yeah Uh, Uh, this was a 40 pound dog and a 40 pound coyote looking mighty similar through a thermal Uh, Uh, dog shaving I was on a night vision hunt uh, with a company. Um, I won't get into the company's name. Good guys, good guys. Um, But we were hunting a piece of private land and the landowner came out and he's like, hey, normally I don't do this, but you guys are cool. And you're with these guys, so we're gonna let this happen at night. Uh, It was a sponsored hunt. So I had a Knights SR25 ECM package um, with PEC-15, and the big thermal scope oh hell yeah like the big single unit thermal scope and this thing was super heavy um and i was basically told like hey the other guys are going to run 300 blackouts or anything 100 yards in they're going to shoot i'm like yeah that's cool anything past 100 yards i was going to get to shoot so mainly i wasn't going to get to shoot a lot but i did have the really cool gun um and walking around with that thing and 31s and all this other stuff it was really cool well, we spotter shooter teams for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, we get a call, you know, we're back the line walking. We get the call and we had been told earlier that there was one particular hog on the property who was ginormous. And we'd been shown pictures of him. They were like, hey, if you can get this hog, there's $500 in a bottle of bourbon because everybody who hunts this land has been trying to get this hog, but he is just a, he's just a hard to find guy. They give you a deck of playing cards. He's the ace of spades. Yeah, like he was the mod. They called him, I don't want to call him Hogzilla because that's an actual hog in Georgia, but he was a very large hog. Mm -hmm. So we get a call that they have spotted him through thermal 500 yards out. So it's my shot. I run up, uh, deck my bag, throw the gun on top of it. I'm a bag shooter, not a bipod shooter. Don't come at me. Um, set the thing up, take my helmet off. I'm looking through the thermal. You can't really, I can see this guy. I'm looking at the world's biggest hog through this thermal. And I'm like, oh man, 
uh, dial in my, you know, check everything, talk to the guy whose actual rifle it was. He was my, he was next to my spotter. And I was like, Hey, what's my zero. He's like, it's this. I go, okay, I'm going to aim for here on the animal, which should get me heart lung shot through the traverse, but I want him to try and come out a little bit more. Um, I wanted, I, I, his background was okay, but there was better background for the shot over here. So the way the animal was pointing, he was going to keep eating and head this way and then being the perfect shot for me. So I'm sitting there waiting. It's hot. It's muggy. We're in Florida. I'm sweating. And I'm listening to my spotter who has thermal in his hand that he's watching. I'm waiting and I'm waiting. And my spotter goes, okay, he's moving. I get ready. Finger comes off safe. I'm tracking him. I have in my head where I wanted him to be. Mm-hmm. it's all thermal so it's a big white hot image but i've got the little reticle on it i've got my laser pointed i know right where i'm at i've judged it i've, been, I've done all the math every long range shot i've ever taken i'm like this is going to be a 500 yard perfect heart lung shot with this 175 grain smk round i am i will never have a better shot in my life than the one i'm about to take and that's when the hog split in two it turned out what it was was two deer standing slightly front and back of each other so where they created a longer heat signature and didn't have antlers and just the way their heads were bobbing we couldn't make it really clear but they went in two different directions i'm like oh i just nearly really poached a deer (laughs) and everybody's like no shot no shot no shot i'm like yeah no shot you also missed a once in a lifetime opportunity to say, holy shit, Mav, there's two of them. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's so do I understand that it's hard to PID through thermal? Yes, I do. I understand the mistake that occurred here. That doesn't mean I condone it. You have to, you're responsible for every round. You're certainly responsible for all the work you did up to get to send that round. And also the whole, and again, to go back to the, the specific post in question, which you can still find, um, I think Armed Asian has a screen cap of it on his Instagram. But the way, I, it, just the way it's written was what actually rustled my jimmies, was again. That was it too, it was the attitude. Right? It, it was the attitude he had of the whole thing. Like, was aha, a, this is funny, not, I have made a serious mistake and there's a creature dead because of it. And and I think that's what really got me was like, you know, uh, uh, me personally, I don't feel bad about any of the animals that I have shot while I was hunting or anything like that. I had a squirrel with my car the other day and I kind of felt bad about it because that squirrel wasn't a target. He was just running across the road and he ran under my wheels. I'm like, oh, sorry, squirrel. I didn't have time to break and not hit you. And now you're dead. That sucks. And like I felt more remorse, more remorse over hitting Chip and Dale than this guy felt over shooting a desert donkey, and that's just not, yeah. So anyway, that guy's a dick. Um, and also PID your targets, people, for crying out loud. Like know what you're shooting at. Isn't that like I feel like that's somewhere in the rules of gun safety. Like that's one of them is know your target and also what's beyond it. But like know your target and we get this in our heads that the four rules of gun safety we apply them you know on the range and at matches and stuff like that you do these things in real life too like 
knowing that, that's, your that's what they're for real life yeah like on the on the range it's easy it's a brown cardboard silhouette or it's a piece of steel like you absolutely know what your target is and it's probably been placed next to a safe backstop so knowing its foreground and its background is usually really easy i will say this regarding uh positive target identification um if you run enough military lines, you will see somebody fail to PID a silhouette target because they're in lane seven and they shoot lane eight's target because they don't look at the big number seven that's hanging over there. Oh, that, hap that happens every qual I supervise. That's every, every time. single qual. Somebody's like, wrong target, no impact on your target. And they're like, no, I swear I shot it. Like, did you shoot the one that is your number? Remember when we counted down the line and you said nine? That's so you shot number nine. Bro, you on Air Force ranges, nine? no, you did not. Our ranges only go to 25 yards and people still manage to crossfire. I'm like, how did you get this wrong? You're like, I could understand it. Marine Corps, 500 yards, that's a long way. Yeah, for sure. So 500 yards down to your number, 50 lanes, that's a long way. I, a little more understandable, but there's still a big number right above it. Yeah. PID isn't <laughs> PID is for the range. It's for hunting. Actually, hunting is a really good place where PID is important to Jack's story. Are those antlers or are those tree branches that look like antlers can be the difference and between one, having a good hunt and going to prison? Venison, and the other can get you a large fine from the DNR. Yeah. So I, I think it's really important to like go back to something. And I don't mean in our conversation. I mean all the way back. Cooper's rules work no matter what you're doing. And I think that's the beautiful part about Cooper's rules is if you are shooting at the range, Cooper's rules work. If you are hunting, Cooper's rules work. If you are in a gunfight, Cooper's rules work. And you can go into a lot of stuff about, well, dish and that, all that other stuff. It's like, no, nah, man, they just work. And I know that there is sometimes a desire to like, well, maybe I even had a fifth rule, which is let drop guns fall. Um, that's not my ad. I took it from other people. But in intrinsically, Cooper's rules work. And if you keep those in mind, you're probably going to have a good time. When the other fun, uh, and I forget who it was that first told me this, but the neat thing about Cooper's rules is you have to break at least two of them simultaneously for something very tragic to happen. Yes. Like you mm -hmm. have to be breaking, like you can break one. And if you only break one at a time, you're going to be fine. But once you break more than two simultaneously, you're on uh, a freight train to tragedy. And that's, you know, how people get shot in the dark. It's how the wrong animal gets shot. It's how people shoot themselves. And we could do an entire episode on Cooper's rules and maybe we'll do that because one of the things I think is interesting about them is everybody has their own sort of nuance to them. Like I agree with J uh, Jack's fifth rule about let, if you drop a gun, don't try to catch it. And like for me, rule one, because I do so much uh, dry fire is more like I treat every gun like it's loaded unless I have visually verified it's unloaded and I'm in a sterile environment planning to do something with that gun. And that's, even so, that's when I'm dry firing, within I'm dry the firing in a safe direction. I'm PIDing with the thing I'm dry firing at. I'm doing all those fun things. So That's a nuance within the rule. And, it, and if you think about it like you're stepping onto the range still, then 
your firearm is loaded for the task you're doing, but mm -hmm. you're dry firing. So you verified no ammunition in the gun, no ammunition in the magazines you're using, no ammunition, you've sterilized your environment. So you can treat it like the gun is still loaded because it's loaded for the task you're doing. Pretty much. All right, guys. So that actually, that's a full episode that we managed to get out of PID and don't shoot donkeys in the dark. Don't, uh, but no like boy. for real, don't shoot donkey. And if you do shoot a donkey and you guys know how many deer get poached every year, a gajillion. Most of the guys never get caught because they don't post about it on social media. So if you do illegally shoot an animal, don't post about it on your social media because it's stupid. Your lawyer will thank you. Yeah. Again, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not your lawyer. Don't post crimes on the internet, though, is like a real, I feel like that's a real solid piece of advice, guys. Don't post your crimes on the internet. All right, that's it for this week. Uh, we will be back next week with a new episode. I would like to thank everyone for liking, sharing, subscribing, watching, uh, leaving strange comments. Uh, I will say this. You guys have really let us down with the uh, She's a 10 Butt submissions. So we're going to come back next week with one of those. He's an eight, but he complains that you don't do his fancy toy game on uh, the internet. Fancy <laughs> toy game? You, what you just did right there. Oh, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I'll take it. All right, guys, that's it. We're out.